podcast bringing back a personal pop culture recommendation with Ren and Roger. Hey all you cool cats and kittens, welcome to a new episode of Give It A Look. My name is Rin and I am joined by my co-host today, Rojo. Rojo, what's a muse? Ah, well, like I was Josh Safdie's muse when he wrote Anka Jams, stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is what a muse is. Uh, Julia Fox, of course, giving us lots of meme-worthy material. Hey, look at you go introing your first episode. Look at her go, everyone. Get around her. Come on, yeah. Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Before we get to the meat of things, uh, I wanted to bring our coverage of our first ever Summer of Cinema to a close with one final review because I went and saw Uncharted the other week and honestly, I've forgotten almost everything about it. I went and saw it with a mate who we kind of were expecting it to be pretty bad, but we'd played the, uh, the PlayStation games that it's based on and we thought, yeah, we'd just give it a go. Um, it's hilariously miscast, especially Mark Wahlberg as Sully. Uh, Tom Holland to a lesser extent. Uh, They've definitely um, made Nathan Drake, uh, Tom Holland's character, more accessible by making sure he doesn't just like kill dozens and dozens of pirates. Uh, Everything's kind of done in self-defense. Everything that it does, you've seen a million times before, whether it's in uh, Indiana Jones or elsewhere. Having said all that, I actually wouldn't mind them having another go at it in a a sequel at some point because I think it's only one or two ideas away from being kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And I also want to see who they cast as some other series mainstays. There's a little bit of curiosity there. So uh, I am slapping this with a full and final give it a miss. But yeah, I was more interested to see how it worked out. Unfortunately, it, it just worked out to be very, very average. And I almost forgot to even review it this week. That's how uh, forgettable it was. Yeah. Yeah, that almost got away from us, didn't it, really? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, sometimes you forget things. Like uh, I forgot about uncut gems, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, uncut gems, yeah. <laughs> uncut gems. Well, well they're, they're after pirate gold in this one. They're not after uncut gems. Oh, so. sorry. We're still in music month, second week of music month, um, and we are talking about the 1975 album, by the 1975. Uh, and we are also discussing 30 by Adele. So uh, first we are going to be going into the world of the 1975. So Roger, tell me about this album of yours. So the 1975 boys from Manchester, UK alt pop four piece. Uh, they met and have been playing since they were teenagers. They actually had six different names as a band before they settled on the 1975. Uh, and they were named after some random scribblings in the back of uh, Jack Kerouac's famous book, On the Road. Now, in the lead up to the album, they released several EPs to kind of show their variety, if you like. I had never heard of them until I was driving home late at night uh, and heard uh, the song Sex playing late at night on Triple M and it had such an incredible immediacy about it and I thought, ooh, I've got to uh, somewhat unsafely Shazam this track. Um, so I did. <laughs> um, and then this album just kind of took over my life for the summer of 2013 and it was a great summer. I was, you know, driving around the peninsula and uh, volunteering and making new friends, changing my job and changing my life at the same time. Is that when you were working at the uh, video store? 
Yeah, that was the time that uh, I was finishing up there. So in my last few shifts there, I was kind of playing it pretty loud and trying to, yeah, show it off to people. This album was produced by Mike Crossy, who uh, had previously worked with the Arctic Monkeys and Two Door Cinema Club. So this is the kind of calibre he's bringing. Uh, And then he went on to work with Walk the Moon, uh, Laney, Fickle Friends, these are all projects that I'm a fan of. So you can definitely see the through line of the sound and production work going through there. I knew I was in love as soon as the guitar from the opening music track, The City, came in. These songs are huge and slick. They're propelled by lead singer Matt Healy's sometimes cockney drawl. He's just effortlessly cool uh, Robert Smith swag. There's a lot of arena-ready songs in there, but there's also quite a bit of experimentation, a few um, few audio-only tracks, uh, musical-only tracks, I should say. The song Chocolate is incredibly fun with its two noodling guitars. You know, a really great... Uh, driving track, I think. And, uh, you know, it's filled with immediately memorable lyrical hooks. One example, she said, use your hands in my spare time. We've got one thing in common. It's this tongue of mine. It immediately (laughs) kind of gets in your head and, you know, all the scene girls want to get it um, tattooed and whatnot. Uh, This reached number one in the UK, number 28 in the US and number 29 in Australia. I've got a lot to say about it, but I'd like to hear your opening thoughts, Rin. I did. I actually asked a few people if they knew who the 1975 were. And they said no. Uh, (laughs) um, No, so what I'll say about this album is if I had listened to it in 2013, I probably would have liked it. But being 2022 and the age I am now, not so much. Purely because I was still like kind of around that teenage years and, you know, listening to musicians like, you know, alternative music, I suppose. And I'm not as much these days, you know, kind of thing. And I mean, I do love that stuff I used to listen to, but it's not something I have on repeat anymore. And I think this just kind of reminded me a bit of that. And listening Mm. to it at this age, I kind of was like, oh, I think it's just not my jam. Like, it's just not for me necessarily. Um, You know, I just found it to be quite repetitive, Again, I kind of struggled to hear what they said. Um, And the songs kind of, yeah, they just kind of repeated the same lyrics. And I think, you know, as, um, you know, I'm I'm kind of a fan of music that kind of, I guess, I can visualise in my brain a bit more and tells a story and I can kind of connect to it. And I think I just couldn't do that with these kind of songs. I couldn't tell when one song ended and a new song begun and then I wrote lol <laughs> after it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then um, there was, I think, two songs on the album that um, there was no vocals. I think it was just instrumentals and I that's something I usually skip because I'm like, no, I don't really need to hear that. So it was a little bit juvenile, did you find? Did you find the songs were kind of hitting on topics about mucking around and kind of getting in trouble with the law and... and yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, I couldn't hear that because it's a, mm-hmm. a bit... <laughs> the sound for me is um, not as clear, I suppose. Like, you know, when we talk later about Adele, I can hear every single word that she says mm. and I haven't had to look up the lyrics for her, mm. for example, because I can hear mm-hmm. it. It's important for me to hear things clearly because I'm actually a visual person and so when I do listen to things I need them to be very clear and concise like precise Mm. I suppose. Well you're right in saying that Dal's singing voice is quite different to her speaking voice like she does have I feel like great. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Great diction and and breath control and whatever uh, in, in her singing technique. But I think there was a period during the album that I was kind of getting Patrick Stump vibes. 
Vocally, you mean? Yeah, vocally, yeah. You know, kind of going like from here to like up here kind of thing, like very like uh, uh, quickly. (laughs) So, yeah, you're saying you found it quite, uh, I guess, lyrically inaccessible. Some of these music-only tracks didn't grab you. Was there any part of the music part of it that they got you? Like I think of... Chocolate was probably the one song I kind of remember a bit in my head and maybe because it had a bit it was a bit more catchy and I could kind of hear it a bit better you know who doesn't like chocolate so yeah <laughs> yeah spoiler alert chocolate is code for weed in that, oh, no. uh, in that song so <laughs> <laughs> you just asked yourself oh, you're gonna no. get swatted oh no <laughs> uh, yes no oh, I, I actually mean actual chocolate but anyway <laughs> yep yep <laughs> Got him. There were a lot of singles that came out of this album. Like I really like Heart Out as mm-hmm. well. It has a really big Duran Duran energy for me. Oh, um, it it yeah. feels like they're, they're Hungry Like the Wolf kind of uh, track. I feel like it does a really good job of distilling the 1975 sound down into mm-hmm. three and a half minutes. There's a great saxophone solo. Girls was also a really strong single with... Um, yeah with a nice little, you know, minute jam session at the end, uh, which which adds to things. There is a song, though, I think from memory, that didn't start for a minute and a half. Maybe Menswear? Yes, that's the one. It kind of started with some layering and then and then got into it. Yep, yeah, and I was like, yep. hurry up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting because that kind of sound is more what they've headed towards. This is probably their most straightforward Mm -hmm, album. mm -hmm. Um, They've gone on to achieve a bit more, well, a lot more kind of critical and commercial acclaim as they move towards more and more towards the the concept-y album kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And I think they've really come to love the theatrics, Mm. you know, of seeing what they can conjure up in their music and and their videos. They're turning into like little short films now. Well, as of today or a few days ago, they've just washed all their social media accounts, which is what they often do before they release new music. Ooh. So they kind of reset their their colour tone as a, as a band. They're not above being wanky with this stuff. And personally, I haven't liked all of it, especially their latest album, which I thought was a big letdown. But I'm always interested. And, and that's yeah. more than I can say for a lot. I've seen them three times live as well. And yeah, they, they tend to put on a great show, great, you know, pyrotechnics. Um, like, you know, a few weeks ago, the Foo Fighters were uh, performing here. Do I enjoy the Foo Fighters? Sure. Are they on my playlists? No. But would I still go? Yes, because I think they're very good entertainers and you want to be yep. entertained. And if you got that from the shows, then that's fantastic. And I, I just think they've been very influential and that there, there's quite a few bands that sound like them now. I mean, again, maybe this is just my personal listening algorithm coming back to bite me, but sometimes I'm listening to other tracks from other bands and I'm like, everybody the 1975 now. <laughs> <laughs> everybody want to be them. <laughs> so I've got one question for you, Rin, yes. which is what's my jam? You got to guess my favourite song. My guess is Sex. again it's up there but yeah hard out I think Uh, I've thought about this a lot and I think hard out it works the best in isolation Mm -hmm. and I will never skip it if it comes on oh there you go what what's another song like in general that is a no skip song for you misery business (laughs) oh yes and we saw them a few years ago that was a great it show. Did. I actually really liked that album as well. We may have seen one of the last live performances of Misery Business because they don't play it anymore no. and that's well within their right. Yes, that's right. They don't. So what's your recommendation, Rin? All right. Well, my final verdict for me is give it a miss this week. Sosbro. 
(laughs) (laughs) Ain't we have fun. Hey everyone, we wanted to take a minute to tell you about our new friends at ZeroCo. ZeroCo make incredible home cleaning and personal care products conveniently delivered direct to your door, minus all the single-use plastic. They're Australian-made and owned, all their products are plant-based and feature carbon-negative delivery. The way it works is super simple. You order, ZeroCo deliver, you return their reusable liquid pouches and ZeroCo refill them. It's like the milkman reimagined. If you're new to ZeroCo, use our affiliate link in the episode description and get yourself one of their convenient starter kits. Not only will you be cutting down on household waste and helping clean up our oceans, beaches and landfill, you'll also be supporting this podcast. ZeroCo, give single-use plastic the flick. Okay, uh, so moving on to uh, my pick for this week is uh, the album 30 by Adele. It was very highly anticipated. We hadn't heard from any music from Adele for about, I think, six years, with her last album being um, 25. And, you know, it was kind of basically what you expect from an Adele album, really. Heartache and woe and, (laughs) you know, kind of things like that. But it is a lot different to a lot of her other albums, like a bit more soul and jazz, gospel kind of sounds and there's even like a bit of like I would say even like early Hollywood kind of sounds throughout the album as well which I quite I really like I do think for me the first half is probably the better half we have also discussed how I don't like really long songs (laughs) before but this kind of album I think is a bit of an exception because each song it's a story like this whole album is a story um Mm -hmm. and that's why also Adele the music goddess managed to get Spotify to take off shuffle so you would listen to the song as it is yeah so artists put uh, particular songs in order for a reason she's talking about you know her son and her divorce and you know things like that so you knew it was going to be a good album you know navigating I think through a new time in her life as well so what are your opening thoughts on this album at the end of the opening track strangers by nature Mm. uh there's a little tiny audio clip of Adele going all right then I'm ready yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I thought that was perfectly indicative of this album because this is the divorce record Mm -hmm. and it's good. It's very good in places, but be thy prepared for emotion. Yes. (laughs) And what's cool is that I feel like with Adele, I can go there with her. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit last week about how with James Blunt, I couldn't quite feel like I could go there with him to the deep places. But with Adele, I feel like I can go there because I think her performance across this album and in general is just so strong. You know, lead single, Easy On Me, it's such a a lovely piano progression and I think it sounds great on Top 40 radio Mm. next to to everything else. Uh, That opening line, you know, there ain't no gold in this river that I've been washing my hands in forever is is so evocative and and the notes that she's belting out are kind of swinging around in this this sweeping motion. Have you ever heard of uh, Frisson? 
No. Frisson is, uh, I think I'm saying that right, is very similar to um, ASMR. Do you ever listen to music or anything really and you experience like a sensory tingling up your Oh, like, you know, like goose pimples, like a pimply Mm. goose or something. Yeah. Um, Yeah, sometimes, like when the music's very good, yes, I do. Yeah, goose pimples um, or like tears in my eyes. It's very bizarre. Like, you know, sometimes some things just hit you. Was that that way for you? Easy on me has that effect on me Mm. just of the way it's put together and Mm. and the strength of the performance. Like, I believe it, you know, I believe it. Like I, I f- reckon I had that feeling with my little love because she's. It's like a, mm. a love story, or you know, a love letter as such to her son and kind of what she's been going through and dealing with and you know throughout the song as well there's um little snippets of recordings yeah interesting because it's recorded regular conversations that she was having with her son about Mm. the divorce um you know and that's what the uh, her therapist was recommending for her to do and then obviously Mm. she kind of incorporated that into the song and I think it's the song is very vulnerable as well you know there's Mm. parts where she's you know crying you know she's saying you know I feel really alone and I never feel alone I like being by myself but you know it's really hard and definitely gave me that goose pimply feeling freeze on Totally agree. My Little Love is, is very much, yeah, cracking open the heart and really exposing, I guess, the guilt that she felt about mm. the divorce and mm. how it was um, affecting her son. That then leads into Cry Your Heart Out, which has this ironic, upbeat Motown vibe going on for, for mm. really such a, a downer song. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's it's fun because it's kind of like catchy, isn't it? It kind of captures mm. you. but And it's I, I like the lyric, cry your heart out, clean your face kind of thing, like, you know, pick yourself yep. up basically like and you know kind of repeat I suppose do it again like <laughs> you know you're starting at the bottom and she's going through her divorce and you know she's kind of having these conversations with her son and you know in the middle part it's kind of her starting to come out and kind of get into dating again and you mm. know opening herself up and then at the end it's kind of like redemption I don't know I don't mm. know the word I want to use here but she's kind of come to terms with it all and she becoming her better self or becoming herself again, I suppose. I think the middle of the album is where it probably has the most fun and and finds Mm. a a little bit of I think that's where she's, that's like the new dating part and the like figuring out like (laughs) life after divorce, you know. I think, oh my God, and and can I get it? Um, Yeah. The latter song really reminds me of something that we're more used to seeing with in the style of like pink. And Mm. then I saw that it was co-written by the pop behemoth, Max Martin. Yes, I was going to mention that. Yes, big star um, with a lot of... He's worked with everyone. Well, yeah, basically Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, all that, you know. And by the way, I think uh, good luck to anyone who wants to try and cover the song To Be Loved because I feel like that is... Oh, vocally challenging for sure. Oh, yeah. I think there'll be plenty of train wrecks at the karaoke bar then. Because <laughs> I said we would. Let's talk a little bit about long songs. Yeah, yes. And the exceptions to yes. your long song rule. <laughs> um, you've said you generally don't like longer songs, as in is there a, is there a cutoff point? Are we talking like five minutes or 4.20? <laughs> I think for me, I like a long song if it's kind of a story. A, a good example would be um, American Pie. 
Like it's an eight minute song, but mm. you can visualize like, you know, all the things like, you know, happening in that song or even um, Paradise by the Dashboard Light by Meatloaf as well. That's a long song. That's about eight minutes, which I'll be talking about at a later point as well um, in another episode. But I don't like a long song when there's not anything going on or it's okay. too repetitive. Yep, if it's just a long intro or, or outro. Yes, correct. Yeah, cool. All right, good to know. Hey, Roger, what's my jam? What is your jam? I have to guess your favourite song from this album. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say, is it Oh My God? Incorrect. Oh. Okay, tell us about your jam. My jam is probably I Drink Wine. Ah, okay. Why do you like that one? Because I also... <laughs> Drink wine. No, <laughs> no, the song's not about necessarily drinking that, but yeah. but uh, no, it's a good song and, you know, again, it's one of those ones, it's a longer one, but there's the story behind it and I would suggest watching Adele One Night Only and that was the TV special where she uh, interviewed with Oprah ah, as well. Okay. And, yeah, it was very good. Um, I think for Australian audi- audiences, I think from memory it was on Channel 7, so it could be on like 7 Plus or something. Mm. And can you believe, like, she's been around for ages. This is only her fourth studio album, but Mm. that's because it takes bloody, like, six years. Mm. So, (laughs) Adele, we need more. Yeah, one last point going back to Easy On Me. You know, there's a line in there about, take it easy on me, baby. I was still a child. I didn't get the chance to feel the world around me, which to me suggests that, you know, having so much fame and attention from such a young age has mm-hmm. has left you know some difficult some difficult things in her life, as it does for a lot of people that find such success young. So she also had him quite relatively young. I don't want to say like mm. she was too young, because you know people have children yeah. at lots of different ages. Yeah. Um, but she was, I think, maybe twenty two or twenty three from memory. Mm. So maybe she didn't have that chance to kind of grow up a bit herself through that. I hope she's doing all right and I hope this album's cathartic for her. Mm. I'm, uh, yeah, it's very sincere and, and very powerful. I'm going to give it a give it a look. Rating, however, personally, I, I think I've kind of had my fill of it for now, so I'm not yes. planning on going back to it just because it mm. is quite heavy and I'm, I'm kind of ready for some other stuff. Yeah. But yeah, definitely give it a look on your favourite music streaming service. If you got a hot take on either of these albums or maybe you have a particular jam or maybe you hate these albums' guts. I don't know. Let us know on social medias. Where can people find us, Rin? Uh, yes, yeah, so you can find us on our Insta and our Twitter at Give It A Look Pod. And if you want to email us, our email is uh, Give It A Look One at Outlook.com. That's the way. And also, we are now on YouTube, people. So uh, our full back catalogue is on there. You can listen to our new episodes at the same time they come out on every other service. So happy days. We're everywhere. Yep. Get us in your ears. That's it. Make sure you're liking and subscribing wherever you can. Make sure you're leaving ratings and or reviews wherever you can. Feed that algorithm until it bursts at the seams. That's all I want to see. Music Month continues next week. So what what have you got for me next time, Rin? For you, the very, very massive rock power ballad album, Bad Out of Hell by Meatloaf, R.I.P., Several long songs there, but again, that's one of my exceptions. <laughs> Always an exception to the rule, I think. <laughs> what do you have for me next week? Mum, meatloaf. <laughs> yeah, and I'm giving you the sophomore album from French 
synth-pop sensation, Christine and the Queens. It is called Chris. It's like their own personal pump-up anthem album. I think it's great and I want to see what you think about it. Cool. Well, the last French kind of artist that I listened to were Phoenix. So oh, I love Phoenix. Interesting. Yeah, yeah how good's Phoenix? All right, well, that's us for the week. Uh, Roger, any last words? I have nothing else to declare but my Guinness. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.